it's a great mental reset tool to get you back to help kickstart a healthier lifestyle. That is the number one thing we heard from 90% of our customers is that it is much easier to adopt a healthy lifestyle after a box. So if you're having trouble getting back onto a healthier diet, this is a good tool for that to mentally recalibrate you. If you want to kick a sugar habit, if you want to reduce the amount of caffeine you're drinking, portion control, cravings in general, they all get better. So that is one thing we know from all of our survey data that this absolutely helps with that. Welcome to the Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear from Dr. James Kelly, who's going to break down what prolonged fasting is, how it's different than intermittent fasting, and what his company, El Nutra, has assembled to make prolonged fasting easy for you to do. If you want to age well and lose weight, you're not going to want to miss this episode. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint podcast. Today I have on James Kelly as guest. He is a doctor. He got his MD at the Ohio State University and was the inaugural research fellow at the Ohio Health Research and Innovation Institute. He finished his MBA at the University of Southern California Marshall School of Business. He holds a bachelor's degree in cell biology from the University of Virginia and completed his neuroscience master's coursework at Miami University. Prior to joining the El Nutra team, he was the head of inventor services at the Innovation Institute, a partnership with the Cleveland Clinic Innovations Group focused on developing and commercializing new and innovative healthcare solutions. Kind of a tongue twister there. So welcome to the show, Dr. Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. So today we're going to talk about fasting. I know that fasting was kind of the number one strategy for dieting in the U.S. for the past couple of years. I've had previous guests talking about the benefits of intermittent fasting. My episode with Cynthia Thurlow continues to be one of the top viewed episodes to date. But today I want to dive into prolonged fasting. And I think before we get there and what your company has to offer, let's let's go back to what intermittent fasting is and even what time-restricted eating or feeding is. So can you define for us what time-restricted eating, intermittent fasting, and then prolonged fasting are? And then we'll kind of get into the benefits of those. Yeah, that's absolutely a great place to start because one of the common misconceptions is that all fasts are kind of equal. They absolutely do offer some benefits. Each one is a little bit different. When people typically talk about fasting, they usually mean intermittent fasting. And when they talk about intermittent fasting, they usually mean time-restricted eating. So it gets a little bit confusing. What time-restricted eating is, there's two main ones most people do. And one is called the 12-12 circadian fast, where you eat all of your food within a 12-hour window, and then you fast for the rest of the day for 12 more hours. So Typically, this is 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or sun up, sun down, and it's more in line with biologically how our system seems to use nutrition. So it kind of lines up really well with how we absorb food, when our peak insulin curves are, and you stop eating when the sun goes down, and that optimizes how the body stores fat, and it does a lot of great stuff. The other version is 16-8, which is a little more of a prolonged time-restricted eating, where you fast for 16 hours and eat during an eight-hour window. And most popularly, people typically eat around lunch till 8 p.m. again, so or noon to... I can't do math in public, so I apologize. I think it's noon <laughs> to 8. But biologically, it actually seems like it might be better to do it early. So you do breakfast till like 4 p.m., which doesn't really make sense for most people. They tend to do noon to 8 because it's just... They, are not as hungry in the morning, but unfortunately, it looks like it might be a little better to be started early. But 16 is a popular one. Intermittent fasting is, we define it as a company as anything less than 48 hours. It's really less than 24 hours. So there's a couple different varieties of true full day intermittent fasting, like the 5-2, where you do three days on, one day of fasting, two days of regular eating, one day of fasting. So it's 
like three, one, two, one, three, one, two, one, three, one, two, one, or you do two days of fasting in a row. And in that diet, I think they define it as like less than 400 calories of intake. So it's not truly fasting. They're just dropping the calories really low on those two days. There's also alternate day fasting, which is sort of a take on five, two diet where every other you're doing that. And just to clarify, so when you're fasting, are you still consuming water? We do recommend that. Some people, for various reasons, like not to. But I think in general, most times when people say fasting, water fasting is probably the best idea. Just because turns out we have a lot of resources. One of them we don't have is a huge water storage. So if you go without water, even for a short period of time, you can get rapidly dehydrated and everything can get thrown out of whack. And have more kind of side effects and yeah. not tolerate the fast well. Yep. Okay. Just just want to be clear to that as you're you know talking to the, the listeners about, if, you know, you're eating so many days and then not eating so many days. That in, that would include the water though. You you would Wait, still... As you say it, I'm in yeah. <laughs> So let's get into prolonged fasting then. So let's more talk about that. Prolonged fasting, we define it as anything beyond about two days, even beyond one day really can be considered that. But that's when the body starts to really shift a little bit in how it processes food, how the gut is working. A lot of changes in how the body processes things, how the metabolism functions, what you're doing, it starts to leak over into ketosis. We can go into a little bit of depth depending on how long you do it, but there's sort of these zones of fasting where fasting phase one is just getting into a cellular starvation state, actually triggering all the things in your body that it really believes it's in a a fasting state. Phase two is really once you're in that, which is typically not till at least about 24 hours into a fast for something longer. And that's when you're starting to utilize more ketones. Women tend to reach ketosis a little earlier towards the end of day two of a fast. Men tend to take till about day three. But in phase two is when we think that's sort of the Goldilocks zone where you get a lot of systemic benefits from fasting. And depending on how much extra resources you have internally, how much fat you have and things like that, you can stay in phase two for seven to 28 days in some cases under, we don't want anyone attempting a prolonged fast without first checking with their healthcare professionals. It can be very dangerous, but in medically supervised fasting, people have done very, very well for a very long time, provided that they're monitored. And these are generally healthy people. Then you get into phase three, which is the danger zone that we worry a lot about, which is where you start to cannibalize organ tissue and nerve, and and that can be the really dangerous state. So zone two or phase two of fasting is really where we try to get people in in our company, but where prolonged fasting we think has the most benefits, like things like neuroplasticity, does your brain work better, heart rate variability improves, parasympathetic tone goes down things like even insulin sensitivity. You also see some changes in the gut where it'll not produce as much of the digestive enzymes. And because of that, prolonged fasting typically does require a little bit of a transition to just back into regular food. You can't just go right back into it, or you may be very, very uncomfortable and you may have some side effects too. Yep. That's interesting that you said women hit ketosis sooner than men, because I would think women have like more fat than men and it would take women longer versus (laughs) that's interesting. Yeah. There's different theories why, and I apologize. I'm not supremely well-fed on, on exactly why we just know that that tends to be what people see. And even in our diet, we do see, we hear more from the women that they reach a full functional ketosis of over about 0.8 millimoles per deciliter of ketone body. So we do hear that more with the women a little bit earlier jives with what we read online, why that is, Maybe it's to do with your body first when you go into a fast before it picks up with ketones, it'll get its energy initially from glycerin, glycogen, and amino acids, which are basically stored energy in the liver and the muscles designed to be really quickly used when you run out of sugar. So if you eat a meal, you have about 12 hours of blood sugar from that meal. 
when that starts to go away, insulin drops, glucagon goes up. Those are the hormones that regulate your blood sugar. It starts to call for more energy. So your liver will liberate that easy energy from the glycerin, glycogen, and amino acid. Your muscles will release some of their glycogen. And unfortunately, it takes a couple of days to get into ketosis. And while you're waiting, you may actually cannibalize some amino acids in the muscles, which is the muscle tissue itself. The thing that makes up the sarcomeres, the muscle, the proteins in the muscle. So early on in a water fast for a couple of days, you're actually going to cannibalize a little bit of lean body mass in most studies that we've seen, both in animals and in humans. So then when you run out of that stuff, that's when the ketosis sort of kicks in. So it could be that women just have less muscle bulk and less glucagon. Who knows? So yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I'll read up on that next time I come on and I'll have a better answer. So it sounds like kind of phase two is where the health benefits really kick in. The one being the process of autophagy. Can you talk a little bit about autophagy and why that's important and why we want that to happen? <laughs> yeah. So autophagy is your natural intracellular, think of it like a recycling mechanism. Your intracellular, you have all these little things inside yourselves called organelles and you have proteins and things that all do tasks. They have jobs. And as you age and as you grow and as these cells exist for longer, they accumulate some intracellular damage. They may not be functioning as well. They get a little more old and worn out. So autophagy is the natural process that your body will do to clean up old, worn out intracellular components and essentially recycle them. So if you have a, an older mitochondria, it may eat the mitochondria and make a new one. And it may eat the broken, misfolded proteins that are just floating around, muddying up the water inside your cells. So it's the natural way your body does that to optimize. It also has other roles where in your fat, sometimes autophagy is a natural process that's always occurring. But Dr. Rosumi and his team in Japan, in, I think in 2015, defined how it worked in humans, and they won the Nobel Prize the next year because it's an incredibly important process. Unfortunately, it really only starts around 24 hours. There's some people that may be able to get into it at about 20 hours, but that's when it starts. And the second you eat food again, it rapidly turns off. That's a question I have with with fasting, though. So if we don't want to fast for too long because of the dangers, <laughs> if we're, and I'm sure we'll get to this and why you guys have created this product and this program, but we want autophagy. I mean, autophagy is happening, but we want more of that <laughs> to, to kick in after 24 hours. So the sweet spot is what, 24 hours to 72 hours? Or how long are those effects going to last? Because if you start eating again, then... Yeah, exactly. And that that's a great question. The consensus seems to be, and it's very, very, very hard at the moment to measure autophagy in humans. You generally have to take a tissue sample and do staining in a lab or look at what they call autophagy-based end products in the bloodstream. And there's a lot of argument over how you would actually do that in the outpatient setting. So unfortunately, there's not a great way to really measure it. Most of the research suggests that it's probably about 48 to 72 hours into a fast is when it peaks, which is a three to four. So it really takes several days to get all of this cleanup. And then it sort of comes back down. So there is a limit where it doesn't do much more, which is part of the reason why Prolon is five days. But we'll, we'll talk about that more in a second. But it seems to start at 24 hours and then increase over time, peaking at 48 to 72 hours in a water fast. So one of the reasons why we think prolonged fasting is more important in many ways and more beneficial than a time-restricted eating is because of that. Now, you don't need to do it all the time because you're not accumulating a huge amount of, of old worn out tissue over a couple of weeks. It takes you know months to do it. So once you get the body kind of in fasting shape after a couple of cycles of, of prolonged fasts, you may not have to do it very often. Whereas intermittent fasting has benefits that you 
would get if you do it every day. So we're big fans of intermittent fasting. We think it really helps with a lot of different things, including it does help manage weight. There's some other benefits that people have seen in different studies. So Dr. Longo advocates that everybody does a 12-12 fast. Dr. Walter Longo is our founder. Sorry, I should clarify that. <laughs> uh, our founder, one of the lead longevity researchers in the world. And you can he wrote a book, The Longevity Diet, that kind of goes through all of the research and all of the He's the head of the Longevity Institute at the University of Southern California's Leonard Davis School of Anti-Aging Medicine. He's got a professorship in Italy as well. He's a very, very well-regarded researcher and uh, PhD, speaks a lot on longevity in general. The book goes through a lot of his observations, a lot of the data that we've gathered from the longest living, healthiest populations on earth, really breaking down how it looks like we should eat if we want to optimize our longevity. It's not based on conjecture. It's really carefully done aggregated research and data. And he talks about the impact that fasting may have on the body. He talks about longevity in general and what you should eat normally. So really goes through all of that. But he's a big fan of intermittent fasting, as I was saying. He does it himself, 12-12 every day. If you want to do a 16-8, there are some additional challenges in some populations. There's been some research that shows they may be at an increased risk of things like gallstones. Uh, there are some heart issues for certain populations where even that little bit longer fast can potentially make it a little more likely. But again, way more research is needed where even though there are there are actually 13,000 clinical trials on clinicaltrials.gov with the word fasting in their title going on right now, but we need to know way more than we know. And we know a lot. Our company, the l Nutra, the makers of Prolon, which we'll talk about here, has spent at this point tens of millions of dollars and decades of foundational research around this. So we're one of the leaders, and even we know we've just scratched the surface. We have a lot left to discover, a lot of, a lot of extra research we need to do. Could you be missing out on magnesium? If you aren't already taking magnesium, you likely should be. Our deficient food sources, caffeine consumption, stress, and exercise rob us of magnesium, which is an important cofactor for hundreds of processes in the body. It can calm your mind and ease your nerves to help you sleep at night and help reduce anxiety, PMS, and headaches. It can relax your muscles when you have cramps, your bowels when you're constipated, and it's required for energy, hormone production, and vitamin D absorption. If you're interested in exploring more about how magnesium can help support you living a longer, healthier life and the exact type of magnesium supplement to look for, check out my blog post, The Magnificence of Magnesium, found at yourlongevityblueprint.com forward slash blog. And use code magnesium for 10% off our magnesium chelate product at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, let's get back to the episode. We talked a little bit about autophagy. Can you also talk about the nutrient-sensing pathways and and what happens to these pathways when we restrict food and, and why that's important? Yeah, so this is how the body can tell you're in a fast. So if you want to know how you work, how do you know food is here? You have these alarms that happen when you eat protein, sugar, and carbs. We've identified a lot of them. There are three main ones that we really focus on. The first and probably the most important is IGF-1 or insulin-like growth factor 1. When you eat protein, especially when you eat animal protein, because it's a very complete amino acid-dense food item, your body will reward you by saying, okay, food is here, time to grow a lot. So IGF-1 goes way up and that triggers all of this cascade of, of how you grow. It's one of the reasons bodybuilders eat protein is they want to ramp IGF-1. And when you work out, your muscles release IGF-1. It's sort of the main growth pathway. There's uh, the other two we look at are mTOR or mechanistic target of rapamycin, which also responds to protein and IGF-1 actually directly affects mTOR. 
insulin can also increase mTOR. So sugar and carbs can drive up mTOR as well. And then finally, there's another one that works through a different pathway called PKA or protein kinase A. And it responds primarily to carbs and sugar and also triggers the same growth. PKA, and this is just a side note for anyone trying to fast with coffee, is unfortunately there's something just upstream of PKA called adenylate cyclase. And if you eat too much, if you drink too much caffeine, you can reactivate adenylate cyclase. They interact a little bit. So there's debate as to how much, but we keep it at about a cup a day, about 90 milligrams of caffeine or an eight ounce black cup of coffee. That's about the limit before you can start to affect it. So all these pathways notice when you eat. And they trigger growth, which growth sounds neat. Growth is important when you're zero to 18, you want to reach peak maturity. And it's probably, again, really important as you get a little older, over about 65, you want to keep growth a little bit higher. But there's an intermittent zone there where from 18 to 65, if you're growing, a couple things happen. One, you're putting down more fat, you're putting down more cholesterol, not just muscle. You don't only grow muscle, you grow everything. And something like two thirds of every gram of protein can be directly converted into fat. So it's not necessarily all going to make muscle if you eat protein. So you're growing everything, which is going to lead to some problems. You're also rapidly dividing cells. And when you rapidly divide cells, you increase metabolic errors. So you get DNA errors and things that can lead to problems down the road there too. And we do know in populations that have a higher IGF-1 seem to have a higher rate of cancer. So now we're not going to directly tie that because we haven't done huge studies on, well, okay, if we lower IGF-1, do they get less? If they were in the high-risk group, we don't know. So we're not going to make any claims around that. But we do know that higher growth is associated with higher rates of metabolic and DNA errors. We know that you're also using up telomeres. So as you grow quicker, telomeres are the things on the ends of your DNA that limit how many times they can divide. Every time you divide a cell, the telomeres get a little shorter. And when you get to the end of the telomeres, you can't copy that cell anymore, and that's it. So if you divide quickly, you're just racing to the end. So in many ways, growth is essentially just aging. So while it's super important for things like maintaining muscle mass, and especially if you're an athlete or competing in something, or if you're healing from an injury, there are a lot of benefits to growth. You just have to balance those against the risks and the downsides. So that's one of the reasons why we think every now and then doing a couple of days of fasting may be really beneficial. And that's sort of where, where we start the conversation for us. So if we restrict food, then these pathways can go into hibernation mode. or And so that's what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So these, these are the way you recognize food. Now, when you take away food, it downregulates these hormones. So the levels of all of them in a very short period of time get pretty low. And when they get low, that triggers your cells to go into what we call a stress-resistant state. So they're now not dividing anywhere near as quickly. They are sort of in a stasis mode where they are protecting themselves and saying, okay, I don't have any food. So... I don't want to waste what I have. So the body is trying. The driver that we think behind all this is that evolutionarily, when you run out of food, the people who survived the fast the best are the ones who are going to pass on their genes. So there was a lot of pressure to develop some mechanism where you notice food is gone and you optimize. So now you're not just surviving better. You're also going to beat your neighbors to the food. So <laughs> that's the the idea behind why fasting might be beneficial. But so in just a couple of days, once your body kind of believes you that you're in a fast, the cells start to do this cleanup dance of cleaning up their old, worn out intracellular components. So that's what drives autophagy is you lower those nutrient sensing pathways, trigger that stress resistance and cellular cleanup. Perfect. Great. So let's get into Prolon. So what the product is itself. So, and I'll show the viewers here. Uh, we sell these at our clinic, the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. We usually do a vent about once a year. So this is what the big Prolon box looks like. <laughs> and it so nicely has day one, two, three, four, and five 
You're going to do my job for me? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I won't go through the ingredients. I'll let you kind of go through. Oh, so yeah, so Pollen's a five-day plant-based meal program where each day is self-contained. And as you just showed you, that was day one. And we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, soups, snack bars, drinks, dessert. We try to make it feel like a lot of food. It's about 1,130 calories on day one, and then it drops to about 800 calories on each day after that. And we give you herbal teas. We give you all of these things that have been carefully, scientifically researched and designed to do one thing, and that is keep your cells in that fasting state while giving your body sustenance to help give it some nutrition, help support your lean body mass so we can preserve as much muscle as possible during a fast, but still allow you to get that fast without the hardship. Because the biggest challenge of fasting is adherence. 90 to 95% of people drop out by day two of a water fast. I don't know if you've tried a water fast, as long as I've ever made it as a day. Yeah, I haven't done longer than a day. Yeah. It's just really, really hard to do. And there are also some health risks because you're not eating any fat, so you're not moving your gallbladder, so your bile is sitting there, so you may be at an increased risk of gallstones. You're not eating any salt, so salt is what helps you hold on to your water in your body. So your blood is mostly water. If you don't eat enough salt, you're going to dehydrate and get low blood pressure very quickly. So that's a big risk with water fasting. And then you also have other challenges like you don't have any nutrients, so you're not getting anything to help support the body. So if you're low in anything, that can create a real problem. So macronutrient and micronutrients are very vital to how the body works. You're not taking those in. Beyond that, you're just really hungry. So regular fasting is really tough. And Dr. Longo was not trying to create a box of food when he got into this. He was trying to figure out how to give people the benefits that we had observed from some of the healthiest populations on earth by doing prolonged fasting and everyone kept dropping out. So we had to figure out some way around it. So this is where the interesting part comes in. And I can, if you like, I can show you a couple of quick slides that kind of illustrate how nutrient sensing pathways work and how we trick them, if that's you. You bet. While you pull those up, I'll just mention, based on personal experience, the kale crackers are delicious. So you do get some kale crackers, the nut bars. This product does have nuts. It's gluten and dairy-free, but it does contain nuts. So if you have nut allergies, then this is not a program for you. Although it sounds like you guys may be developing a nut-free program eventually at one point, but the the bars are nut-based at this point. The food tastes good and you don't feel like you're fasting. So I'll simplify what you just said. Essentially, you get the benefits of five-day fast, right? You're going to get those phase two benefits that we were talking about, but you get to eat. So you don't feel like you're starving. <laughs> you get the soups, you get the crackers, you get the tea. And then there also is a glycerin drink. You alluded to preserving muscle mass. Can we, can we before you show your slides maybe, can you talk a little bit about that specific solution, the, the drink that you mix with water and why that's important and why that's different with your program? So glycerin is, as I mentioned, when you're going into a fast, your body can draw energy from glycerin, glycogen, and amino acids. And your muscles are full of glycogen for their backup fuel, and they are made out of amino acids. So if I give you more glycerin, you will eat less glycogen and amino acids. So I'm going to preserve more muscle if I give you more glycerin. But the way glycerin works is it's a sugar alcohol. It's not digestible when you're not in fast. So they actually use it in a lot of products as a sweetener for diet products because it doesn't get absorbed. Your kidneys just filter it right out. So when you go into a fast, though, when insulin goes down and glucagon goes up, now you can use glycerin for energy. Now you can absorb it. And so that's why we give it to you on day two and not day one. We give it day two, three, four, and five, and you drink it throughout the day for energy. The glycerin gets converted into energy, but it doesn't bump those nutrient-sensing pathways. So it can sneak energy into the body without kicking you out of that fast. So that's one of the tricks we use in the diet to help with that. Now, one of the other things I would highlight is that you dose the 
glycerin by body weight. And we do that for a couple of reasons, because even though the box is one size fits all, there's only one amount of food and much larger people are eating the same amount as much smaller people. That's because your organs and a lot of the things that make up the important parts of you aren't really that different from person to person. Larger people have more skeleton muscle mass. They also have more fat. So we don't really want to preserve the fat. So the box supports your organs and your other important things. And then the glycerin helps support your muscle. And then we let the fat go away. So one of the things we see in our clinical trials is a significant reduction in visceral fat. People lose on average about 5.7 pounds over three cycles. They lose actually about five pounds the first time they do it. Some people lose more. Now they preserve lean body mass. So they keep most of their muscle. The fat, the weight they're losing is predominantly fat. So that's really, really one of the important things we see about this is unlike some other restrictive, chronic, caloric restrictive diets who are going to lose fat and muscle. And when you finish those, you may ramp back up and gain it right back. In this diet, we saw you lose predominantly fat. And if you do a couple cycles of it over a couple months, the benefits last for a very long time, even if you don't make lifestyle changes. So that's one of the key parts of it. So the diet itself, I try to make it as tasty as possible. I think it's delicious. It's really well researched but it does a couple of things. I'll just show you them real quick, just so you guys can get a feel for how we think this works. So you have your normal diet of, obviously I stacked the deck here a little bit. This is more of a typical Ohio diet where I'm from. We'll activate your nutrient sensors to a very high level, which will lead to a lot of growth, but you keep all of the old worn out components inside the cell. So you have a lot of them, but they're dirty. Fasting by comparison drops it down. You don't get more cells and the ones you have clean themselves up. But you'll notice you don't have to get to zero to get into this green zone, as I showed you in the other one. There's a couple bars here. Fasting goes all the way to the bottom. What we figured out, though, and this is what Dr. Longo spent decades finding out, is where that line is. How much food can I sneak into your body and keep those nutrient-sensing pathways below the threshold that keeps your cells in a fast but gives you food? So now we've figured out where that line is, and that's what prolon is. It's a very, very carefully designed line. And it's not just, you know, 1,100 or however many calories you said day one. They are strategic calories, right? There is a balance of the macro and micronutrients and whatnot. So this is not something that you can just do at home. This is a, like you said, millions and millions of dollars <laughs> have been put into researching and creating this box, as well as even like the glycerin. You can't just go drink glycerin and fast. That That's not how this works. The glycerin is dosed based on weight. It's all strategically designed. <laughs> Thank you for having I'll, I'll point another thing out. Even the nut bar in the morning you get has about eight grams of honey in it. If I gave you eight grams of honey, you'd get kicked right out of the fast. There's no way to be in a fast with more than about a gram an hour, maybe a little bit more of sugar. It's just going to be too much. So the way we do it, and we've shown this in clinical trials, is we wrap in a lot of nut-based oils, a lot of healthy fats. So you have macadamia and coconut, and then we include a lot of plant-based fiber, like inulin and things like that, that will help lower the glycemic load and index, slow the absorption while still giving you a lot of satiety. So you get to feel full from this nut bar because of the fats and things like that that have been shown in other studies to help with, with hunger and satiety. And then you also get to not get kicked out of fast because it isn't going to spike your fasting blood glucose or your any of those things the way that traditional food would be. Even though it tastes very sweet, you're not actually getting almost any of that sugar in any bolus. You're not getting a bunch of sugar at one time. You're getting this slow leak of it absorbed throughout the time that you're digesting it. So all the food is really carefully designed. So it's the ratio that matters. So how much protein, how much sugar and carbs, and how much fat, and that's very carefully controlled. And then it's the amount of so 800 calories a day after day one. And then it's the composition. How did we put those specific foods together? So all of that matters. 
that's why I think the diet is so important. And we did all the thinking for you too, which is the other thing. When you're in a fast on day two and three, trying to figure out how to make food and not go too much and not go over it is almost impossible. So trying to keep yourself in a, in a fast and with a homemade kit is going to be pretty challenging. And we know ours works. And it's, I think if you remember that you're not, you're not paying for any alcohol or anything else you're, during the diet, you're not paying for any foods other than the diet, it actually ends up not even being that expensive and you get all the benefits of a fast. So a lot of really cool stuff. We did the thinking for you. I think everyone can really enjoy it. So I know you've got a couple boxes. I encourage everyone at home who's listening to this one to consider giving it a shot because I know it can be a little intimidating. So, and we can absolutely talk about the experience on the diet too. (laughs) I want to go back to glycerin for a moment though, just because I am someone who has had a problem with sugar alcohols and I never really thought of glycerin as a sugar alcohol before. I guess I don't usually consume that much glycerin. So do you find that patients who have fructose intolerance can tolerate the glycerin or no? We rarely hear. We Day two on the diet can be the transition day for most people. So they, if they're going to get a headache, they get it on day two. If they're going to feel a little lightheaded, they tend to feel it on day two or three. So day two is when we start the glycerin. So a lot of people think the glycerin caused it. And it's not really the glycerin. If you just skip the glycerin, you'd still get your headache. You'd still maybe feel fatigued or weak or something like that. So so we do hear a lot of complaints about on day two, just because people mistake what they're feeling for being due to the glycerin. We do not typically get too many issues with it. It's a very clean, very, it's a small amount. We're not giving you a huge amount of glycerin in there. People are surprised at how little they actually need. So in terms of if you have a sugar alcohol sensitivity, some people kind of classify it as a little bit of a modified carbohydrate. So depending on how how you look at it. I, we generally don't get too many issues where people do pretty good. And if they want to skip it, you know, the, the issue might be that you might lose a little more lean body mass. It's not going to affect it. So if you don't think that the glycerin is good for you and you choose to discontinue it, that's up to you. That's your prerogative. It's not going to affect the fasting mimicking effect of the diet. Wonderful. Let's talk about how Prolon is recommended. So you earlier in the interview alluded to three cycles. You said you get the benefits without having to do this forever. But the recommendation, I believe, is five days, three times, ideally consecutively. So that would be five days a month, three months in a row, correct? Ultimately, it's up to you depending on your goals. So if you have weight loss or metabolic goals, most people elect to follow our clinical trials protocol, which was we did two different trials. One was three months and one was four, and they looked at slightly different things. And we can talk about those later. But three months in a row of one cycle each month, followed by three months later of just follow-up. So we, we looked at people and we saw that they lose a bunch of weight the first time, but they typically regain about half of it over the next month. The second time, they keep more of it off for longer. The third time is really when it sticks. That's when you're in kind of a fasting shape. So it's like going to the gym. You got to get in shape. Once you get in shape, you can work out a little more of a maintenance workout and keep the benefits. So it's the same thing with fasting. So if you have metabolic or weight loss goals, we do see people do a lot better if they do three cycles over the course of three months. And then once a year, do that? Then once a year, do that? Most people like to do about once every three to six months. Ultimately, it's up to you. When you say once, you mean one five-day cycle every one five three cycles? Okay. Every okay. Three yeah. So most people are going to want to probably do it once every three to four months. If they've done the three months in a row and haven't reached their goal, as long as they have adequate body mass and no other real underlying safety issues, it appears very safe to continue even once a month if they choose every month going forward. Some people use it as the only thing they do, and then they misbehave the rest of the month, and they just keep doing prolong forever. And as long as they have adequate body mass, they've all done extremely well. We don't have any published data on that, though, so we can't make any statements on that. Primarily, we would say 
three months in a row, see where you're at, evaluate what's best for you moving forward. Sure. Let's let's talk a little bit about what data you do have. So in the clinical trials that you have conducted, what biomarkers have improved? The main claims that we, we make are weight loss, healthy aging, metabolic balance, and cardiometabolic support as part of a healthy lifestyle. And the data that we have on that, we show most of the data is around body composition. So people lose a significant amount of weight. They Most of it is visceral fat, significant reduction in waist circumference of about 1.6 inches off their waist over those three cycles with preservation of lean body mass again. We also show that we help maintain healthy levels of IGF-1, which is, as we mentioned, that marker that may be linked to healthy aging. And then we help with metabolic balance with helping to maintain healthy levels of systolic blood pressure. Now, there are a lot of limits about how we talk about data, and our studies are considered fairly small at this point, and they're not FDA level. So we did measure a number of other biomarkers, but those are the ones we limit our claims to. Sure, sure. I can tell you from personal experience with my patients. So typically when patients lose weight, yes, blood pressure can go down, cholesterol can go down, insulin resistance can improve. Uh, Typically when patients are eating clean, their inflammation in general goes down. So body aches can get better. I've seen, I've seen a lot of, I know you can't make claims. I'm just talking to the listeners about what I've seen from my experience. Patients tend to feel a lot better when they do this. And we know with all of the the pathways we've mentioned, we know this is going to help the aging process. So you're in. If you want to consider fasting, yes, you get the short term, many times benefit of weight loss. But most patients are in this for the long haul, right? They're wanting to live longer. So some of the benefits we don't see immediately. Some of those aging benefits can take a long time to, <laughs> to well, know. And I'll throw another another reason to put in there is actually the reason. None of the reasons above, which are all great. I think the idea that you might be helping optimize healthy aging is a great one and certainly huge, huge, huge benefit of doing it. But even in the short term, for me, it's a behavioral tool. So I am a poorly behaved Midwestern Irish guy who loves his steak and loves his carbs. And when I do the diet for about a couple months afterwards, my cravings are significantly reduced. And we've done surveys with thousands of our customers that show the same thing. After even one cycle, cravings are reduced, your energy levels are higher, mental clarity and focus go up. It's much easier to make healthy choices. And this is really big for right now. We've all been in this never-ending downer of a year where everybody's kind of fallen off the wagon. It's a great mental reset tool to get you back to help kickstart a healthier lifestyle. That is the number one thing we heard from 90% of our customers is that it is much easier to adopt a healthy lifestyle after a box. So if you're having trouble getting back onto a a healthier diet, this is a good tool for that to mentally recalibrate you. If you want to kick a sugar habit, if you want to reduce the amount of caffeine you're drinking, portion control, cravings in general, they all get better. So that is one thing we know from all of our survey data that this absolutely helps with that. So even if you're just looking at it like, oh, I'm not sure I want to commit to three but I may want to try one. There's a great reason to try one right there. And then you'll notice it. You'll notice that you got through it. The first time is usually the rockiest for everybody because it's when your body's just first figuring out how to do this. So if you're not a regular faster, first time can be a little rocky in the middle, but most people get through it just fine. And we, we have plenty of support we can give you. And obviously Dr. Gray can help you too, but we want to you know lower the burden for you. You can do anything for five days. Let's talk about that real quick. I just have a few more questions for you. So if someone is struggling day two, day three, day four, I have patients who call in and say, can I take glutathione? Because that helps me detox. Will that help me? I mean, I have patients ask all kinds of questions. Everybody wants to pack it, yeah, which is great, but yeah. So what can they do? I usually say drink more water, drink more water. But... Yeah, so there's a couple 
things you can do. Yeah. One is we do recommend people drink plenty of water. I think it's super important is to stay hydrated. And however much that means to you depends on how much salt you eat and how much you normally drink in water because your kidneys just get used to whatever you normally do. So if you're normally drinking a certain amount of water, you probably have to drink more because you don't realize you get a lot of your water from your food as well. And you're just going to have less food in our diet, even though we try to make it feel like a lot, there's less of it. So you will need to probably drink a little bit more water, at least probably 32 fluid ounces. That's one. Get rest. Stay active. That helps too. Yoga, stretching, brisk walking. Those are all beneficial. It helps your blood vessels kind of maintain their tone. So they're they're used to being a certain level of open. And when you fast, they may not be as good at adjusting anymore because you've taken away their favorite food source, glucose. So blood vessels need to open and close using energy too. So as you go into a fast, you just need to help keep the body kind of toned the way it's supposed to be. If you're a coffee drinker, have your cup of coffee that will make it easier or two cups of espresso or two black or green teas. You can do all that or even six cups of decaf. So That'll help the diet a little bit. You can use over-the-counter meds if you need to for headaches and things like that, as long as you're using them as directed. But then in terms of if you're really struggling, day two or three, you just really want to break it, you need something. You can have two slices of an apple or a stalk of celery or a couple slices of cucumber. That'll help you get through it. Sit down and have some of the L drink too. That may give you a boost of energy. Which has the glycerin. That's the glycerin drink, yeah. Yeah, and you should be drinking that throughout the day. The meal card's a little unclear, but you should be drinking the glycerin throughout the day. Usually you mix it into your water bottle, fill it up. And if you want to add like a hibiscus tea to the water or something just in, in, to change the flavor a little bit, that's what I do. But definitely don't get in a car if you're feeling lightheaded. Sit down, have some L drink. If you need the slices of apple, have those too. If you are experiencing concerns or safety issues or anything, please don't hesitate to call your doc. We want people to be safe first. If you need to discontinue the diet, do that too. And we'll figure out what to do at the back end. But first and foremost, make sure you're staying safe. Sure. Who should not do this? So what are the major contraindications to to doing this? Yeah, the number one would probably be insulin-dependent diabetes. We don't, medications are stupid. They don't adjust themselves. They need other people to adjust them. So if you're taking a medication that's supposed to do one set amount of change to your blood sugar, and then you add the diet in, which does a similar amount, then now you have that much change when all you needed was that much. So that's trouble. So if you're on insulin, we don't recommend this. We don't have safety data. It may end up being something that we have in the future, but at the moment, we don't have it. So we recommend against that. We're doing a ton of research with cancer, but this product is not the focus of that research. And the way we do that research is very tailored to the type of cancer and the type of treatment you're getting with it. So this is not something that we recommend for people with cancer. We just don't have, again, safety and outcomes. What about pregnancy and lactation and Probably not for pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, so I would say if you're pregnant or, or breastfeeding, don't do this because you want the baby to grow and this is You stopping. need calories. Yeah, this is the time of your life you need more calories. Yeah. yeah. Now, the argument would be that we were, as cave people running out of food, still having babies and breastfeeding. So it is somewhat protected, but we still don't want to put your baby at risk. We also don't know what the IGF-1 changes do to the body. And until we do, just stay away from it for that for now. Same with people under 18. We don't know the long-term impact of even even a couple days of fasting on growth curves. We don't want to stunt their growth. We also don't know if this is the right diet to even work for them because their nutritional, their IGF-1 levels may do a different thing at that age. So until we have the data, we don't really want to do that either. So if you're under 18, if your BMI is under 18.5. So if you're very lean, you need to have a certain amount of visceral fat and fat in general to be able to make your own energy. The diet is not enough. So if you are too lean, you're going to lose some body mass. You may actually eat some important things and we don't want to do that. So if you're if you're too lean, this is not the diet for you, unfortunately. And then if you are sick, no one's done a study on 
during fasting how severe an illness is. We know there are a lot of studies that are looking at does fasting improve the immune system, what happens afterwards, but in the middle of a fast, we don't have great data. So at the moment, we want to be careful that we don't drop your white blood cell count or something while you're trying to fight COVID or something like that. So until we have great data, if you're in a high-risk category, now is not the time to do this diet. But the majority of Americans are overweight and could greatly benefit from, <laughs> from, from this program. Yeah. I certainly think so. I think that, and if it's not us, five days of fasting with your doctor's supervision, I'm a big fan of prolonged fasting. I think it works really well, but again, be safe. So if you do have any underlying medical condition, you need to go through a clinician to do this safely. There are challenges, even to just regular, even intermittent fasting can have its challenges for certain people. So please, please, please be safe first, but uh, let us help you in any way we can. So when we launched Prolon here at our practice, we launched this initial green and white kit. Since that time, you have launched a professional line, Prolon Pro. Can you differentiate the differences between the initial and the professional line? Yes. Professional, for one, is only going to be available through you, the clinician. So you can't get it online. But I think everybody should be going to the clinician anyway. It's always the best way to do it. The professional version is designed slightly different than the original version, this Prolon standard, as we say. They both have the exact same macronutrient ratio. They're both going to give you the exact same autophagy and intracellular benefits. They're both designed to trigger the same fasting-related benefits. In addition to that, the formulation for Prolon Pro is designed around what they call the autoimmune protocol. We just have lower inulin. There's no inulin in the soups in Prolon Professional. Uh, Some people have some trouble with that fiber. There's reduced grains. And there is an eliminated nightshade. So the nightshades are tomato, bell pepper, eggplant. There's a couple other potato. Yeah, yeah. Potato. They can be considered to be for certain people. They're a little bit different depending on your underlying condition. So they can be inflammatory for many patients. So part of an autoimmune protocol is to avoid those, and thus you've then avoided those in that kit. We we, we designed it to eliminate those. There still is some tomato powder in our one capsule, but it is not the skin of the tomato. So theoretically, the less dangerous part, it's such a minuscule amount that it shouldn't be too much of an issue, but just to be fully transparent there. But it is designed to be much more in line with that. So that's one of the best. We also give you a dark chocolate square every day. So in addition to all the Ooh. other food, you get a little, little tasty sweetness. So if you're like me and that makes all the difference, it, it can be a really nice thing. So uh, that being said, I think a lot of people still really enjoy the Pro One standard version one and two of the soups because they have different flavor profiles. So we now have three different varieties of soup with the diet. So depending on whatever your flavor, if you like a more Mediterranean style, you go with our original. If you like a more, I guess I would say umami, more Midwestern, you would go with version two, which has things like butternut squash and is a little more, I guess I would say savory. Uh, and then if you want the, the professional version, I think I, I prefer that even more over the other two, but I, I think they're all great and they all do a very, very similar thing. They all are adherent to the clinical trial. So they're all going to be very, very similar in those outcomes. We designed Prolon Pro just for certain individuals who may need that extra amount. And we cater to our patients and that if they really only want the tomato or the squash soup, we'll swap out the soups for them. <laughs> so we've, we've done that for patients. If they really are averse to one, we can make this work for you because we want you to be successful. We want you to want to repeat this. We want you to see results. Yeah. And if there is something individual that happens with one of you that you want to talk about, we are available as a company. We try to do a really good job of, of staying in touch, helping support you during it. We want everyone to sign up for emails during the diet so they get each day, you get a little email reminder. Here's what's happening internally today. Here's what you can do to help troubleshoot and giving you some encouragement. But again, you guys can do anything for five days. I'm, I've got <laughs> to, so 
Well, thank you so much. This was very informative. Thanks for sharing what your company has to offer, specifically the the healthy aging strategy of using prolonged fasting. So tell us where we can find you and your company and what your websites are, social media channels. We want to make sure we stick focused through you guys. So we want to support you as much as possible. <laughs> you, you go through medical education. We have a little contact tab on, on our website, which is, uh, we apologize. We keep changing the names, but I believe we have one that hasn't changed. Prolon FMD or fasting mimicking diet. ProlonFMD.com. I believe we also have ProlonFast.com and ProlonProfessional.com, but the professional <laughs> for the clinicians. So it's not going to be quite as applicable for you guys. If you want to go on Instagram, I believe it's also Prolon FMD. We might have finally acquired the more handle. So, but again, if you are going through your clinician, I really want you to stick with your clinician. It's always more successful that way. You'll get better benefits. You can talk more about any medical conditions you may have. If you try to go through the website and you have an underlying condition, we're gonna gonna kick you back out. So I want to make sure that we take good care of you. So again, and I look forward to working with you guys in the future. And, and anything you have, any questions you have specifically, I'm happy to try to answer myself. Thanks again for coming on the show. Hopefully we can all do this prolonged fast together, patients and listeners alike. So thank you for coming on the show. Get a group together. It's always easier when you do it with a group. That's one thing I would say. So if you're the only one doing it in your household, it might be a little tough. Definitely easier as a group. So let's get it together and support each other doing this in the healthier 2021. That's the plan. Cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you so much. If you reference this podcast, we'll offer you $25 off your Prolon or Prolon Professional Kit from the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. We carry both at my office and can ship nationwide. I would love to hear your results. What are you waiting for? The best time is now. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I read all of the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, or how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. The podcast is produced by the team at Counterweight Creative. As always, thanks so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.